Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We are so happy to have you join us today. Well, you're happy. I'm not too happy because you're taking off and leaving me. Oh, poor thing. <laughs> Linda's going, can you believe this girl? She's going back to Hawaii. We just got home from there and she's going back. What's your excuse? My excuse is my <laughs> darling sister um, lost her husband 16 years ago. It was really amazing. At age 57, he was diagnosed with stage four cancer at nine in the morning and he died at one that afternoon. It was really that a tragedy. Was so terrible. And you do get away. Linda just has one sister and they're such wonderful friends. And I'm just kidding when I say I resent you going because it's just great <laughs> that the two of you could get away alone with just the two of you and think about things. We're going to do family history and she has a nice place that we can stay and I have a great car. <laughs> <laughs> You're contributing the car. The car is a, another story. It, what year is it? Oh, it's about 20 years old, but yeah. it's a great it's Hawaii a great car. car. It's yeah. even got a aloha cloth on the seats. Yeah. Our son is picking us up today and we get to meet, see the grandkids. So anyway, we're going to spend a week together, which is really a treat for both of us. And before we get to our theme for the day, our subject for the day, we had a wonderful evening last night. We were together with a group of good friends. I mean, Old good friends. Yeah. Good who, old who friends. We've been friends with for such a long time. We I think we might have mentioned this on the podcast at one other time, but 50 years ago, a little little just five decades, we we all got together while we were students in Boston. And uh, we were all C.S. Lewis fans and J.R.R. Tolkien fans. And so we presumptively just started calling our little group the Inklings, <laughs> the same name that Tolkien and Lewis and other authors used when they used to meet in a little pub in, in uh, Oxford called the, uh, the, the Eagle, let's see, and, the the Eagle and the Child. Yeah, we still go to that. We still go look at that place every once in a while because we have such reverence for these authors, these wonderful Christian authors, these incredible, particularly C.S. Lewis. But anyway, we met last night and we, we usually we meet once a month and we usually discuss a book or an idea or something that someone's working on, several writers in the group. But last night we talked about grandparenting. <laughs> <laughs> because they're some of the best grandparents we know. They are. They're wonderful grandparents. And so we just sat and gathered in ideas. It was really fun. And it was funny. There were some really funny comments about <laughs> trying to have a family reunion and the grandma turning to the grandpa saying, when we got through there, we decided we are never doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was one of those things where you're comfortably reassured that uh, all families have their problems and difficulties and people who you sometimes wish weren't in the family. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, you know, it was sort of like commiseration. Was, no, no, we don't wish there was somebody was not. <laughs> no, in that's no, 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 we don't wish that. I'm just saying, you know. 
some relationships are hard. But yeah, the bottom line conclusion, I felt, I don't know what you thought, honey, we haven't talked about it because it was just last night. But the bottom line for me was relationships are what matters. And the closer the relationship is in terms of blood, in terms of your actual relatives, the, the more important it is. Right. So it's not just grandkids. It's it's the it's the in-laws and it's the other their other grandparents and it's you know this family thing is so interesting the babies the teenagers the young adults the yeah. married kids it really was so fun to talk about it because what we decided in the end is that what we have to let these kids know is that there is nothing they can do no matter how hard they try to make us quit loving them we yeah. are going to love them no matter what. That's probably the thing. That's probably the gift of grandparenting is that you can love unconditionally a little easier than you can when you're a parent. I, what I mean by that is when you're a parent, you're so close to everything and you're raising children and, and you have to discipline and you have to, you have to set agendas and you have to be a steward all the time, 24-7. And with grandparenting, you can just love. I mean, you can just support. You don't, there's no judgment. There's no, you're not on the hot seat all the time to make sure things right. go well. Well, we can complain to each other. Yeah, but that's we can't true. We do do that a little. And um, <laughs> one of them said, wow, you know, we just suggested that one of the teenagers was not dressing appropriately at BYU. And wow, (laughs) they got it, which just you don't do. Anyway, Anyway, it was really fun. It's been a good week for us. It'll probably be a bad week with you gone, honey. I'm I'm, I'm kind of, we're we're interdependent. We admit it. And you'll be depending on your sister instead of me this week. And I'll be a lone man wandering around trying to find (laughs) food. <laughs> well, we'll give you a report on that next anyway, week. So let's on. get to yeah, the point. Going so, on. so today we're going to move ahead in this series that we call Three Letter Lessons. I am so excited about this because I believe the way the mind and the spirit works is you need certain things to sort of cling to, certain little touchstones, certain little things you go back to that you keep in your mind and that sort of govern your paradigm and how you see things and so on. And we're up to number nine today. And and those of you who missed some of them, you know, I'll I'll just tell you what they were really fast. These are are three-letter words which serve as little pegs for concepts that we feel are the way we want to live, the kind of people we want to be, the the sort of view we want to have of the world and of other people in it and so on. And number one was I, E-Y-E. I'm not going to elaborate on these, but that one was about seeing people in their eyes, not looking at them physically, but seeing them spiritually. The eye is the window to the soul and so on. Number two was key, K-E-Y, how Christ is the key to everything. Number three was slow, slowing down and and observing more. Number four was ask, the power of great questions. Number five was yet, one of your favorites, Linda. Right. You, I'm, I'm not good at this yet, but I still can be. Number six was tap, tapping in to a higher source. Number seven was joy. We had a great time with that one. Number eight last week was flow, the idea of getting into the flow and having 
this wonderful sort of rhythm in, in our lives. And today, and by the way, this, this some of these rhyme, it's easy to rhyme three-letter words, right? And today we're going to talk about something that might surprise you. You may say, why would you want that for a, a touchstone or a guide? The word is low, L-O-W. Right. And I kind of know why you chose that this week, because we've been talking about this a lot this week. But why, what, what do you think, if we were playing word association, we were in a big group of people, if all of you were sitting here together, if we were in one big room and, and we said, let's play word association, low, do you think most of the associations would be positive or negative? Probably about 50-50. Maybe, maybe more negative because low, who know. wants to be low? Who, you know, who wants to be down? Who want, we want to be high. We want to be up. We don't want to be down. We don't want to be low, right? <laughs> right, in some cases. <laughs> but um, it really is, I mean, you know, low scores, um, low, when feeling <laughs> low, you know, there's a lot of bad connotations yeah. to low. Yeah, but um, we're going to give you some good. We're going to give you some good ones today. Uh, let me start it off in a weird way. We we've, we've been uh, we check our blood pressure periodically. <laughs> <laughs> you a little more often than I. But. Now that's where you want to be low, right? Right. And here's an interesting thing. Um, we have a wonderful doctor who. Uh, believes among other things he's a great scientist he's a graduate of harvard medical school and so on he's a wonderful doctor but he and, and he also believes that the mind kind of controls the body and when we go in for our regular checkups he'll his nurse will take our blood pressure and, and he'll come in and they'll say well your your blood pressure is a little high linda just sit here for a minute and take a few deep breaths and Think about something good. Yeah, and then, I'm going to just hold your arm here <laughs> and you breathe in five times and out six times. And now do that again. Now do that again. And all of a sudden it went from 160 down to 120. I can't, it's, it's just unbelievable. But he was so clever to do that. And I do think that it does make a difference because when you calm yourself through breathing and so on, but I, that's not exactly where you want to go. Well, from. that's kind of where I want to go because what, what we've, what we've discovered is that uh, when you want to calm yourself, when you want to be peaceful, when you want to have this thing that scripture calls peaceability, which by the way, is a pretty neat word because it almost implies that you can gain an ability to have peace. In other words, you can control the peace you feel right. through your own mind. But here's the thing, and I, I hope I can say this right, because it's something we've really been thinking about and exploring. Sometimes you, you can sit down and take some deep breaths and say, I'm going to be calm. I'm going to be calm. But the, the cares of the day and the tension you've been feeling or something that didn't go well that day is still niggling away inside of you. And, and you're trying to be calmer. You're trying to be peaceful, but it's just hard to do. And one thing we've found is that if you gain a perspective Scripture calls this a perspective of nothingness, of your own nothingness. In fact, it's really a, it's a beautiful scripture that occurs in, in the book of Mosiah, the fourth chapter, the 11th verse. 
And think how interesting this wording is. Linda and I love to just think about this. It says, if you can remember and retain in your remembrance the greatness of God and your own nothingness, then, and there's a, a series of promises, all of which sort of relate to peace and to calm and to equanimity and equilibrium. And it's like it's as though when you take the pressure off yourself, when you say, you know, in the in the large scheme of things, I'm so small and God is so big, and I there's not a lot of pressure on me. I'm I'm nothing. God is everything. There is a calming that comes from that. And it's really, really powerful. And I've found that if I'm if I'm tense, if I'm feeling a lot of stress, instead of saying, be calm, I just remind myself of my own nothingness, and I suddenly start to feel calm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it kind of does. Um, that day when I went into the doctor's office, I said to the nurse, I am going to have really high blood pressure. I am under a lot of stress right now. I'm not going to tell you why, but it was about a whole bunch of things going on in my life. And sure enough, it was really high. But then just calming yourself is so interesting. And I don't know that that would work every time. But but I used to, as a young mother, you know, I used to wake up in the morning and think, okay, I'm walking into a hurricane. We had a whole bunch of little kids at home. And I used to go in and shut the door to the bathroom and lock it yeah, and yeah. look in the mirror and you say, did. I am going to be the calm center of this hurricane today. No matter what happens, I'm going to be calm and peaceful. And the kids are banging on the door like, <laughs> I lost my shoes. I need nine months money, all that stuff. But, but, you know, that worked about 40% of the time, which was better, better than, than nothing. nothing. But it really is interesting what you can do to calm yourself. Yeah, so you get the idea that that low, when we say low, what we mean is bringing yourself down to where you really are and just calming down and feeling, understanding that you're not the most important person in the world and that your nothingness will just sort of infuse you. You're, this you too take pressure, pass, you take yeah. pressure off yourself. And we're going to get into that pretty deeply in the second half of the show. So... We'll take a little break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about low. See you in a minute. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back talking about the three-word, three-letter lesson, Low, L-O-W. Where do we go from here? How do we, this, this is something we've thought about a lot. It's hard to verbalize, but how do we get this across, honey, this concept of low? Well, I think everybody, if you, if you substitute the word humble. Um, yeah, that's the key. That is helpful because, you know, you really aren't in charge of anything. <laughs> I mean, we think we are. We think we are. We got to get this done. We got to get this done. We think we control things. We think we're important. We think we can change the world. And we do our best. Everyone should do their best. But we got to realize how limited we are and, and the humility. I'm glad you said that, honey. That That's really 
That's a substitute for the word low. We're, we're saying low is this three-letter lesson, but we want it to mean humility. We want it to mean going slow and taking it easy. It sort of ties into slow and flow. And we especially want it to mean a non-compelled humility. I mean, it's easy to feel humble if you've just got some really bad news or if you're sick or if you just lost or if you just feel helpless with in a situation you know yeah then you do feel right feel really humble but you know when you listen to a lecture for example um was you know that's given by somebody that really knows a lot about their subject and so on sometimes it kind of feels like i am the expert here and you need to listen to me because i know how to how to do this how to help you I think oh, that yeah. is really, I mean, even as a, as a presenter, you need to be vulnerable and let people know that, you know, you don't know everything. Well, I'm glad you remembered that because just the other day we were in a seminar and the information was really great. And the person, there was just, I, we were driving home and we were, I was saying, I just didn't feel too great about that. Why didn't I appreciate that as much as I should have? And we talked about it and, you know, we're not being critical, but but we we decided that at least to us, this particular presenter didn't didn't have humility. I mean, there was and it was sort of off putting. And it's kind of like, you know how when you when you meet a person for the first time and you kind of warm to them and you just feel connected right away. Usually, that has to do with a sense of humility that you get from that right, person. Right. And what, you know how on the opposite, sometimes you meet someone or you're with someone and there's nothing really wrong. It's just that you don't, you're a little repelled. You're, you're not really drawn in. You're not really connecting. And sometimes it's just that you sense a kind of a pride, a kind of a brittleness, a kind of a lack of humility, a kind of, caught up in in themselves feeling and it just kind of pushes you away yeah that's true at some point you need to tell the story about i think it was hubie brown actually. oh yeah let me let me let me tell a quick story and then we'll bring this back to the idea of lowness and humility and how it's not a weakness it's a power it's a strength and that's what we really want to get across today. But as a, as a very young man on a mission for the LDS Church in New York City, working at the World's Fair as a guide and so on, and having a, quite an experience, we had a visit from a marvelous leader in our church named Hugh B. Brown. And he did one of the most amazing things I've ever seen a speaker do. He was speaking to a group of about 200 of us. And he explained some astronomy to us, and and he used an analogy. He said, look, I've got a book of scripture here that has has about 600 small, thin, onion-skin pages. And he says, I want to illustrate to you the number of stars that we can actually reach with our telescopes, which is only a beginning, but we can see the evidence of of a, a number of stars, and he gave us this huge number. I can't remember. It was something like six times 10 to the 13th power, just some huge number. And he said, I want to illustrate how big a number that is. If my book of scripture, instead of 600 pages, had that number of pages, how thick would the book be? 
And we, you know, we're 19 year olds and 20 year olds. And we're, I'm thinking, well, maybe it'd be a mile thick or whatever. And he, he said that book would be thick enough to stretch around the world 600 times. And he went on, he had this wonderful voice and about the hugeness of the universe and the glory of, 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 of creation and so on. And I remembered sitting there and just feeling smaller and smaller and smaller and lower <laughs> and lower. And it's just kind of got to where I sort of disappeared. <laughs> and then he did the most amazing thing. And I'll never forget this. He said, now, young people, when I look out on the night sky, I see the stars. I see the, the, the planets, I see the handiwork of God, and it is vast. It is the handiwork of God. But then he turned it all around because he said, but when I look out on your faces, I see the offspring of God. And it mm. was just, and then he wow. just stopped. Yeah. He just paused for like, seemed like minutes. And that just sunk in on us that we were nothing. We were nothing. We were so little and meaningless and inconsequential. We were nothing. But then he said, but you are the children of God. And suddenly we were more important than all those stars, <laughs> but in a very humble sort in of humble perspective way, yeah. way. It was just amazing. Yeah. I love that story. And I think, um, I, you know, I think mothers, young mothers just feel humble all the time because their kids just yeah, yeah. beat them down. Because we just can't do it. I mean, can't do positive it. mental attitude doesn't work in parenting. You don't yeah. charge yourself. And say, I can do it. I can handle it. I can be in control. And then, you know, the baby fills his milk. Earlier, yeah. Someone throws something at you. It, and, it helps, you know, to try to calm yourself. But yeah. really, you just have to realize that you're reliant on God and, and that your reactions are what are important. Whether you fly off the handle um, and yeah. become a witch, you know, with your kids or or your husband or, you know, somebody that's annoying you or whether you can control yourself and not. Um, uh, what do we say? Use retribution yeah, or, you know, yeah. anything like that. Just realize that you are just doing the best you can and be quiet. You know, it really is an interesting thing to keep in mind. And like I said, it's hard to really grasp this in words, but it's I, one way of saying it is that there's something much better than self-confidence. I mean, self-confidence is in a way, an oxymoron. I mean, it's like the metaphor, come on, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, like grab your bootstraps and lift yourself off the ground. I mean, that's a physical impossibility. <laughs> we, we don't, and, and the whole thing, and, and again, I, it's good to be positive. Of course it is, but you can carry positive mental attitude too far, right? Look in the mirror every day and say, every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. And then you look, you look more closely in the mirror. And no, I don't think so. No, more, more wrinkles today. But it really is so important to remember that you have to rely on God for everything. I mean, to get you through hard times, but also to get you through sticky, you know, yeah. sticky situations. And the lower you bring yourself, the higher it brings God. I mean, that C.S. Lewis said that. He said, uh, 
Yeah, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. C.S. Lewis said, uh, if we would make God great, and if we would make his creations grand, we must make ourselves small. And and Lewis's mentor, G.K. Chesterton, said it in a, a kind of a funny way, but I think you see the meaning. He said, without humility, it is impossible to enjoy anything, even pride. <laughs> Isn't that Dang, awesome? That is awesome. <laughs> if you want to be proud every once in a while, be humble most of the time, and then you can really enjoy pride when you feel it. <laughs> right. Um, it is really an interesting thing to think is just as you go through the day, um, you feel some power if you've had a morning prayer and communed with God a bit. But boy, that wanes and flows. I mean, it, it goes back and forth all day. And if you can just remember that you're doing your best and that you are humbly relying on God to get you through the hard times. I think that just really is helpful. I think we're getting to it now, Linda, in terms of what we mean by low, um, you know, uh, instead of a positive mental attitude where you say, I can do anything. You essentially say, I have a positive can't do attitude. I can't do anything without God's help without, without, I'm, I'm humble, I'm limited, I'm, I'm vulnerable, I'm low, but I know I'm a child of God, and I know I can pray, and I know I can have a spirit with me, and I can compensate for my weaknesses, and th- th- it's just so, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's so much more relaxing to say, I mean, if you're going around all the time juicing yourself up, I can do it. There's a lot of tension in putting it all on yourself. Yeah. There's a lot less tension in putting it on God and trying to be humble and trying to understand your weaknesses, but that those weaknesses can be compensated for by the Spirit of God. Well, you know, we've often told people about um, – when you're having a disagreement, for example, with your spouse, that it's important when you get to a point where you're just butting heads and it's not doing any good um, to just leave. And we call it going to the balcony, just leave and pretend like you're going to a balcony and looking at yourself, argue and saying, why, why do you think, why do you think that we are doing this? What do you think he's thinking? What do you think? And if you're putting yourself in the other person's boots suddenly like aha maybe this is maybe this that is a real sense of humility when you're like i perfect i am not i am not the boss of this i mean i really need to know what that other person is thinking i can't control unless i can feel some empathy unless i can say aha this is probably what he's thinking then it it makes all the difference in the world it really is like Maybe I need to be more humble. <laughs> exactly. And th- those feelings, that that empathy, that understanding only come, it doesn't come when you're high. It comes when you're low. It comes when you're humble. And then you can see another person's view and you can be less interested in winning them over to your view. And, and it actually, there's this wonderful scripture in, in the book of Alma where Alma, whose father is also named Alma, and he says, this Alma Jr. says the most interesting thing. He says, blessed are they who are compelled to be humble, but more blessed are they 
who are humble without being compelled. In other words, if you know, if you're in Ukraine right now and you're you're homeless and you're trying to escape as a refugee, you're not going to have any problem with humility. You're going to be right. compelled to be humble. And that's a blessing in a way, even though it comes at tremendous cost. And we're all praying and hoping and wishing. And, and we all feel humility thinking about how helpless we are in that situation as we pray for the people who are there. But 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 the fact but the fact that if you can be humble just because you acknowledge how non-consequential you are, that lowness is actually a huge power and it's a calmness and it's a peace and it's a reliance on something higher than yourself. It's actually a feeling of Zion. I mean, all in one heart. That's what's happening to those people that are helping these refugees. Millions, literally, of people are suddenly fleeing their homes and their countries and trying to leaving their husbands behind and so on. It really does make you humble, but the people who are helping are magnificent because they're humbly saying, I am here. I am here to help you. Yeah. What do you need? I will take your child. I know you don't know me, but I will do whatever you need. And I think that is a huge, huge way to say, I'm humble. I am low. I'll just do what you need. Well, we hope that that's coming through in the way we want it to be. Just use the word low, L-O-W, as a, as a word peg for humility, for perspective, for vulnerability, for relying on something higher than yourself. It'll have a calming effect. Your blood pressure will go down. <laughs> Promise? <laughs> I'm going to have a low week, honey, because you're going to be gone. So instead of resenting that I'll be so lonely and I'll be so sad, (laughs) I'm just going to say that'll make me feel nice and low and then I'll be humble. I think so. You're going to be just (laughs) fine. Anyway, we hope that you'll join us again next week because we'll have uh, some fun things to talk about again. Thank you for joining us today on Low Low, and uh, we'll see you again next time on Ayers on the Road. See you then. 